views, and opinions expressed are the sole responsibility of the community producer and do not reflect Malden Access Television, the City of Malden, or your cable provider. MATV welcomes your comments. Call us at 781-321-6400 or email us at access at matv.org. Hello, Malden, and welcome to another episode of 02148 Live from Studio B. And tonight, I have two very special guests, two great guys, Mark Lawhorn and David Hart. Welcome, guys. Thank you, Jerry. Thanks for having us. And I wanted to bring up uh, both of you are members of a very prestigious club, not only in Malden, but around the country, um, is the Rotary Club. If you guys want to say a few words about the Rotary Club. Let District Governor Dave Hart speak. <laughs> no, no, Assistant District Governor. So Rotary is um, an international service club with uh, 1.2 million members worldwide um, with over 38,000 clubs scattered throughout the world. Uh, the We're part of a district here in Malden that encompasses about 48 clubs in the surrounding communities, and we're approximately 2,000 members throughout our district. And the, the core belief is service above self. Uh, and the purpose of Rotary is to uh, help your community, help international communities on any number of different levels. For instance, we're working uh, to eradicate polio. And we're, um, we're, probably, we, we're probably about two or three years out to eradicate uh, the disease polio in the world. Uh, the only other disease that's ever been eradicated is smallpox. So uh, we've done a, uh, the organization has done an amazing job uh, with the Gates Foundation and uh, also through the World Health Organization. So that's some of our international stuff we do. We do a lot of water projects, clean water projects around the world. Locally, we serve um, in Malden alone. The club has been around since 1920. We'll be celebrating our 100th anniversary, our 100th birthday in 2020 as a club. And I would say that the uh, Rotary Club of Malden has probably donated well over $100,000 to $150,000, uh, both through scholarships to, uh, to high school seniors and through local community uh, nonprofit groups and service projects around, around, in and around the Malden area. Um, that's kind of some of our few highlights. We're about 24 members strong right now. Um, and, um, you know, we're obviously looking for people that are uh, leaders and want to work with leaders and join and, and, and affect change to both their local community and international. So I think Mark can expand on it a little bit. Well, you know, I think it's one of the things that we do, as Dave said, it's service above self and, you know, we work with the Hallmark Health and the, the Zonchins and, and serving uh, food on the Saturdays when the, the food pantry's here on, on Commercial Street. We do um, several other projects. You know, Dave mentioned the, the work to eradicate polio uh, from 
um, the world. And one of the things our district does is a polar plunge up in uh, Gloucester every year. And Dave and I have both plunged uh, in the frigid cold waters of uh, this east eastern coast in, in February, in January, and one year in April because of the snowstorms and the harsh winter. Um, I've also made up that, that commitment to plunge every year for polio down in the Caribbean, as you know, I like to go down there. So I do that off the waters of Puerto Rico every year uh, while they're up here freezing some, sometimes. So, But uh, Rotary is very important in this community. I, I think we've had a long history, as David said, alluded to. A year and a half, we'll be celebrating 100 years. And um, when you look at the membership that we've had over the years, uh, from, from 1920 on, it has had political leaders, uh, community leaders, business leaders, um, and all in all, um, I commend everyone that's ever joined us in Rotary and, and doing good for this community and for the world. Now, how long have both of you been a member of the Rotary, and what got you, what drove you into being a member? I've been a, Ro I've been a member of Rotary for, I think it's now going on 15 years. Uh, my wife and I started a business here in Malden, a nonprofit called Tailored for Success. She's located on Pleasant Street, 587 Pleasant Street. Um, and she works with low-income individuals to help them get back into the workforce through trainings. And also, once they've gone through our training program, um, they will then receive uh, interview-based clothing for free. All of our services are free. And when she joined the community and opened the business, uh, I think it was um, – actually, I think it was uh, Krista Petro who um, contacted my wife and asked her if she would be interested in coming – uh, coming to a meeting, uh, which, uh, you know, as they say, the rest is history. We came to a few meetings. Uh, my wife's bandwidth was pretty was pretty tight at that point in time. I had some extra time on my hands and started uh, coming to the weekly meetings that we were doing for the lunches and so forth. And I've been a member of a sense, and I've also done a lot of work with our district. Um, as as uh, Mark mentioned, I'm assistant district governor, uh, uh, and uh, help one of the clubs in Boston. Um, do what they need to do, and um, and also a number of other different um, another number of other different roles, such as we uh, Rotary. Our district gives out a global grant scholarship uh, to uh, uh, individuals that have a minimum of a bachelor's degree and are looking to um, get their master's degree or above uh, and want to uh, and want to study internationally. And that scholarship is worth uh, $30,000. Uh, Rotary bases all their scholarships on what we call the six areas of service. And so all of, our, all of the scholarship uh, candidates and winners are not only going to school, but they're also performing some level of service project in the, in the community uh, somewhere other than the United States um, uh, and helping those, you know, those areas. So big areas of big areas of landing are uh, London, uh, Scotland, Ireland, um, uh, Jerusalem uh, for world. If they're interested in doing peace negotiation, there's a great college. Uh, there's a few colleges out in the um, in Jerusalem that will will do that. Uh, we've we have uh, the last scholarship candidate that I had is in a Eastern European country. 
which the name f- escapes me right now, but uh, his he works with a nonprofit organization over there that is bringing medical care to the people that are living in this country. Uh, there's, I think, I think it, there's a total of maybe three doctors in the entire country. So his company, uh, his organization is trying to do that, and he's one of our Global Grant Scholars, and he's commuting between the, the country in Eastern Europe and to uh, London to get his uh, MBA and doctorate. Now, what are the, what are the positions within the, each, each Rotary Club, like from the highest position, like an officer? So each Rotary Club is basically is basically set up the same way. There is a uh, a president. Usually, in in some cases, what we, it's either called the vice president or the president elect. Each term is a one year term. Uh, there is a secretary, a treasurer, and then we also have other other duties such as uh, PR chair, membership chair, um, uh, foundation chair, things along those lines that will support. And they're all part of the board, and they support the members, the community, and the and the club for whatever they may need. Does a member have to be part of the Rotary for a minimum amount of years before they can run for anything? No, no, actually, um, I think it's you don't really run, so there's not an election process right. with the board. The the, the, the club kind of gets together, and, and people are volunteering. So you know, if if someone has the time and 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 the wherewithal to jump in and, and take on that task. We're more than happy to have a body step in and help out. Uh, we've served on the board for, for many years, and, and we've shifted uh, hats and um, different capacities here and there. But um, it's, it's all club members that, that just, when they have the bandwidth and, and have the opportunity, they step up and take the reins for a year, and, and we're happy to have all the help and the club generate uh, more enthusiasm by being involved and, and by taking a more active role. It keeps them more uh, active and, and wanting to give back to the community in different ways. So it offers them a new opportunity. So. Now, what happens in a meeting? Like, where, where, where do you meet in Malden, and how long are the meetings, and what takes place at a so, meeting? So, right now, the Malden Rotary Club is meeting on a weekly basis on Wednesday afternoons at 12.15 at Anthony's okay. uh, Restaurant on Canal Street. Canal Street. <laughs> Very good. Anthony's at Malden. That's right. It's a great plug. Um, and they meet uh, from 12.15, and generally the meeting will run till about 1.15, 1.30-ish. Uh, and then people go off on their separate ways, back to work or what have you. Uh, where We do that uh, of the four weeks in a month. We do that three out of the four weeks. And then we've also introduced what we call a service-based club. And that club is meeting on the first Wednesday of every month at Pearl Street Station. And that time starts at 5.30. So it's cocktails and appetizers. Um, and it is really a group of people that are very service-minded but can't do the, you know, the weekly lunches, so it works out real well for them. We have people that live in Malden but work in downtown Boston, for instance, that are coming to our club. And uh, one, of our, one, of our, one of our dedicated service projects, as Mark mentioned, was the Hallmark Health uh, Food Mart, which actually now is Melrose Wakefield Hospital. They've dropped the Hallmark Health apparently. Um, so it's the Melrose Wakefield Hospital. They do it over on Canal Street, right across from Piana Dosi Bread. They do that the f- second Saturday of every month. Second Saturday of every month, and, and they bring in the Boston Food Bank. To right, Greater uh, Boston Food Bank drops off pallets of food. It gets distributed out, and they're serving anywhere between 350 to 400 families at any one given time, every, every second Saturday of the Saturday month. Of the month. So one, once a month, you have almost 400 families come in that are in need of food, helping with food insecurity, helping them with their children, getting the food and the lunches that they need. And, and to be able to watch that and participate in that 
is something that's uh, really, it's an incredible experience. And um, while it's sad in some circumstances what, what you see, it's also very uplifting to know that you took part and helped them out. And the appreciation, they, the, the people that are coming for help, they, the, what they give you back is, is amazing. The smiles, the thank yous, the handshakes, the hugs, um, it's all, all well worth uh, spending your time there and helping out. And one of the other things that Malden Rotary has is we have what we call an interact club. And our interact club is uh, made up of um, students in the high school. Um, and they basically run the run a club of students um, from uh, freshman year on. You can join. Uh, there's no fee for them to join or anything along those lines, but it's really strictly it's really strictly uh, service based. And they do a series of different things. For instance, they're at the great they're at the they're, they're at the uh, the. Uh, Melrose Wakefield food distribution every every month. Um, they'll do. Uh, they've done several different fundraisers for us to help eradicate polio. Um, they the road race. They they help out on the road race on on the um, on the course that we've had interactors run the road race. Uh, they've participated in the polar plunge. Anything that they can do. Um, and what that does for them is, is it's a great program because it allows them to build their leadership skills. And from there, uh, we also, uh, with Melrose High, uh, with Malden High School, I'm sorry, we um, offer scholarships. Usually anywhere minimum, we offer one scholarship to anywhere up to three to five scholarships a year uh, to the students. And they range anywhere from maybe $500 or $1,000 per scholarship, depending upon how our fundraising did for the year. So any money that the club fundraises is going directly back into the community. And we've had some spectacular kids from all the Oh, amazing. And be the benefactor of, of our uh, scholarships and go on to do some amazing things. Yeah. Uh, come back to the community and do some things. And then, you know, just what they're doing out there in the world. And two sisters that come to mind that, that we've been able to give scholarships <laughs> to um, were, were truly amazing. One is off in the Coast Guard Academy right now. And her sister also her went to sister's footsteps. Right, who went on right. To the Coast Academy. So, uh, absolutely incredible kids that, that come forward. And when you see what they've learned through the interact process, and as members of that club, as Dave mentioned, they develop their leadership skills, but they also develop a sense of what we're about is that service above self and how to give back. And um, it, it, it's inspiring to see them come out and see where they're going out into the world and know that they are going to come back to Malden at some point and give back. So. And I know around the corner uh, we have Labor Day, and the Rotary puts on a, a road race. Do you want to touch upon the Actually, yearly road race? Actually, the third week in March, um, the road race will be happening again. We had a great success this year. I want to say 325 runners. Yeah, I think it was. Um, we do a 5K and a 10K road race. Um, we've done that, I think this was our 14th year of 15th year, 15th actually. Year, yep, 15th year. So um, it's very exciting, and that, that's our number one fundraiser. Um, and we're able to give those scholarships. We're able to donate to the charities that, that we find in need. Uh, through that and through the participation, we have runners come all over all over the state. Um, we have had runners this year. We had runners come from New Hampshire, Vermont, and Virginia. Um, so it's growing, and, and we see runners coming from all over to participate. And in your neighborhoods in Malden, uh, they're running the road race on, as I say, a 5K and a 10K. Third week in March, um, we do a lot of outreach to the community to let them know it's happening and that the runners will be coming, and they're very supportive. We've had great, great support from the community. So. Now, when someone wants to volunteer and not run, uh, how can they 
Oh, what we, can they do? Uh, we, we love the more <laughs> hands you can get us, the more hands uh, we'll, we'll take. And all they have to do is come down and, and, and volunteer on race day. They can reach out to us through um, the, our website, maldonrotary.org. Um, they can call us. Uh, our number's on the website. They can email us. Um, anyone that wants to step in and help out, we, we're glad to have it. And we've talked about how the Interact kids have come up and stepped up and worked with us. The YMCA youth leaders have been there for us every year, and they, they have a huge contingent of kids that come down and support us. Mystic Valley, the course. Mystic Mystic Valley, Valley Charter School, School high school kids have yeah. come and helped us out. We've had, uh, Malden, Malden Catholic kids. Catholic yep. kids. We've had great support from the kids. We One year, we one or two years, we actually had the kids actually start a competition amongst themselves, and the schools ran and raised money uh, competing against each other and, and, and see who could have the better time. And we we're happy to have that participation. It's a lot of fun to see them get involved. And you so, ha you, I'm sorry, you have an after party after the... Yep. So we have a party. So all the registration and everything takes place at the Chevrolet uh, School in their cafeteria. Uh, and they very happily donate that to us. Uh, we've been, as I said, now that's, what, 15 years. Um, and then after the race, uh, we have what we, uh, we have an after-race brunch at the dockside. Uh, Jack and Lisa Yerbacheski, who have just been and they donate everything to us yeah, it's just been, been phenomenal i mean without them we couldn't we the race would not be as successful as it has been uh and it's it's at the ending point of the race uh the finish line is probably about about 100 yards up the street from it and uh i would say of i would say that we get probably at least 50 percent of our runners if not more that stop over, they, you know, they might grab a quick drink, uh, something to eat, the awards. Uh, we try to make sure that we have, you know, six or eight categories for awards. Uh, and there's, you know, every other, every few years we'll have some entertainment there for them. But um, Jack and Lisa. We're entertainment enough. Well, most, yes. <laughs> most years we're entertainment. But and uh, the music Dockside manager, Debbie, uh, she runs the whole thing for us. And they just do—they they just do an amazing job. They open the dockside for us about three or four hours earlier than they normally do, uh, which is a which is just absolutely. And when we went to them and told them that we wanted to kind of go, we wanted to change our race times to a little bit earlier in the day, based on what our runners were telling us. Jack and Lisa said, "Absolutely no problem. We will do what you want." And it's, it's important to mention the people that support that road race uh, from the community. You think about the dockside has been huge for Century Bank. The Sloan family has been absolutely enormous in helping this and, and sponsoring our road race every year. They've been the most generous sponsor. Uh, but then you have Malden Transportation. Dr. Howard Stranger down at the Chiropractic Corporation. That's on, right. On, yep. uh, Eastern, uh, uh, Commercial Street. Commercial Street. Um, think of some others that have jumped uh, in. Spalding, uh, Spalding Rehab, Spalding which Rehab. is uh, has, has a, well, relatively new office down on Charles Street in the 350 Charles. They've become a, a, a big sponsor. Um, uh, Fitzgerald Physical Therapy. Uh, they they have been a sponsor for us now. I think it must be going on at least five or six years. AFC um, Health Stop, Health Stop yeah. right at right actually next door to the Dockside. Uh, they've been a sponsor for our, of ours for probably three or four years. We've had some great sponsors. Yeah. Obviously, too many to mention in the, the hour we have going for us today. But <laughs> you know, it, it is very important to give them some kudos because without them, that race would not happen, and without that race, scholarships would would be drying up for the kids in, in the community so now for, for people watching tonight and in general if they want to join the rotary what what do they do come visit, the process come visit one of the meetings reach out to us like i say through the website or an email yep. maldonrotary.org yep. um, come down to anthony's twelve fifteen on uh three of the wednesdays that we have the meeting there or join us on pearl street on the first wednesday of every month um five o'clock to six thirty um 
just come see what we're about. Sit and talk with us for a little while, learn what Rotary does, what Malden Rotary does, and uh, jump in and give us a hand. We'd love to have more people. And it's one of the things that, you know, an important thing to talk about is that we have new members joining. You know, the image of Malden Rotary, Rotary as around the world has always been that it's an older businessman's club. The lunch meeting was where, you know, the bank executives and these people went and met and had fun and frolicked about and we were able to throw some of their finances behind doing good in the community and made them feel good. That's not Rotary anymore, and I think it's important to note that Rotary International has changed, relaxed their rules for getting new members in, for having meeting times, used to be very strict. They've opened the doors, allowed the clubs to find ways to generate that membership for themselves, and, and given us the flexibility to say, yeah, an evening club will work here in Malden, right. and it's working. We're, we're getting new members, and we've had, I think, five or six new members in the past six weeks, and that's because we're, we're getting out there and we're opening the door for new ways for them to come in and help and it's really, again, about people that want to give back to the community. We have people here in Malden every day that are getting on a train, going into Boston, and then they come back here. They have no connection to the community. This is an avenue for them to get involved. It's not a lot of work. It's not heavy lifting. But you're meeting people, you're networking, and you're having an opportunity to give to something that, that's greater than you. So, Is there an application fee, and then is what is the year, is there a yearly fee? I will let our assistant district governor <laughs> talk about finances. There's, there's a number – the easiest, the easiest way to answer that question, Jerry, is there's a number of ways to be a part of Rotary. Uh, one of the simplest ways is through our, is through our service membership. And there is a fee associated with that, a uh, very reasonable fee. Um, and it's, you know, basically we charge on a monthly basis. And then there is a, uh, I'll call it the traditional Malden Rotary Club uh, which includes, you know, which includes lunches, regular dues, membership, and so forth. One of the things that we ask all of our Rotary members is a big, the big part of Rotary International also is a foundation. We have uh, Rotary International has a foundation. It, I believe, the last number I heard, it's the value of that foundation is somewhere in about between two and a half and three billion dollars. Um, and so that is a huge, huge thing that we do, okay, internationally. And that money is, uh, comes not only internationally, but it also comes locally too. So any monies that are donated to the foundation are paid out in three years. Rotary is not, a lot of people, a lot of people think that we're like a disaster relief organization. We're not, you know, we're not Red Cross. We're not organizations like that. What we do is, is we, when there is a disaster somewhere in the world, Rotary will then show up three years later and help rebuild to sustainable life in that in those areas. So that's that's where we, we're vastly different than most other organizations, most other service-based organizations. Um, but our members donate $100 a year. It's a it's a completely voluntary donation. We, we charge them on a quarterly basis of $25 per quarter. And we have had uh, perfect, um, I don't know whatever you call it, perfect donation from every member for the last 100%. for the last fifteen years. It's called every Rotarian every year. It's one of the most cherished certificates that you can get, certifications that you can get from Rotary International, and it and it and for just I mean it's a simple amount of money, a hundred dollars. It's not a lot of money, and uh, but that hundred dollars when you donate it to Rotary, when they match and double and triple that hundred dollars. Um, becomes close to $350 by the time it makes it out to somebody that needs that money or an organization or an area that needs that money. So they've got a great formula. They're, they're in the top five. They're a five-star charity. Uh, they're in the top five 
um, in Charity Navigator internationally, which basically means that uh, for every dollar that you donate, 96 or 97 cents of it goes to the cause. So about three cents on every dollar um, is for administrative costs, which obviously is, is needed to run an organization like that. And it's a huge organization, and they can do it on three cents per dollar for every Rotarian. So, well, you know, Dave's talked a lot about Rotary tonight and, and what it means internationally and locally. It's, you know, I think it's here in MATV, it's an important component because we have a rota Rotary show hosted by Mark Gollop, and we right. also have our president-elect uh, is, is an MATV member, producer, membership. Um, Guillermo Hamlin, uh, is he somewhere in the bowels of uh, MATV here with us? <laughs> uh, it, probably somewhere lurking out in the hallway. But we should make note that David's going to leave us now. Uh, David's going to leave the show because he has his daughter waiting out in the hallway here, and she's been very patient. And she's smiling and giving us a nod every now and then, but she really wants to get out of here. So we're going to let David go. And then Jerry and I are going to pick up the show and, and do some more fun things. Jerry, thank you. It was thank a pleasure. It was a pleasure. Thank, thank you. you. Like how I did that for you? Yeah, yeah thank you. <laughs> and you uh, co-host it. <laughs> thank you, David. Take care, everybody. Okay, so now I'm joined with, we like to, uh, once again. I think we're on the blackout. Oh, we're back. That was a, that was a very quick uh, intermission. <laughs> well, I'd like to, once again, thank David Hart. And now I'm joined... Uh, by Mark Lawhorn, who's no stranger to the city, a friend of mine. And Mark, if you want to, for the people that are watching tonight that have never met you, if you want to give them a brief history of you and Malden. Well, there's not a lot to say. I can tell you that now, Jerry. This I don't even think we're live. Are we live? We may I, be live. We'll go back to that, that brief history in a moment. Oh, yeah, we are live. I thought we were having some technical difficulties, but the producer's so given I, us the... I came to Malden many, many years ago. Uh, my, my grandfather was a firefighter here in Malden, and uh, when I left for the Air Force, I left from Malden. Um, and I lived with, at my grandparents and my parents' house here uh, on Waits' uh, place. And um, when I came back from the Air Force, this, this is where I came back to. Uh, and I met my wife here in Malden. Uh, she has a small law practice in here, and and uh, with her family, and her father was a practicing attorney here and a, a fellow Rotarian. When my father-in-law, Charlie Kelly, passed, um, I wanted to join Rotary because I wanted to help the family have a connection to that and carry on his legacy of, of uh, being a Rotarian. Uh, he, he was a Rotarian. His father was a Rotarian. So it, it meant a lot to me to jump in and, and, and pick up that mantle and, and carry it a little bit further. And hopefully, you know, we'll have another couple generations going forward. You know, we talked about in the first segment of the show that we had um, our 100th anniversary coming up in 2020. And I mentioned about, you know, how it was perceived as a white man, older man, business club. Um, and no, not many people knew what they did outside of, you know, they gave money, they had philanthropy, they, they hosted, you know, different events throughout the year. Um, approximately 1926, somewhere around there, Malden Rotary hosted the first boys club up on Waits Mountain. They sponsored it, and I think they gave about $5,000. So think about what the value of $5,000 was back in 1926. And um, that started the first Boys Club, and I think it was in conjunction with the Boys and uh, Boy Scouts of uh, America, Boys and Girls Club. You want me to sit here? Absolutely. Yep. We're going to change sheets. Yeah. Give, give a little space between Jerry and I, because we're going to pick it up and have some fun, maybe have a little rumble at the desk. One thing Mark and I have in common, a lot of people don't know, that we both served in the Air Force Reserves, and we were both 
police officers with the security forces. Do you want to touch upon what made you want to join the service and your time in the Air Force? Absolutely. Um, you know, when I went on active duty back in 1985, um, I did it because I wasn't sure what I wanted to do yet. I knew I wanted to become a police officer at some point in my life. I knew that that was a goal of mine as a young kid. Um, so the Air Force and, and being a police officer in there made sense to me. My brother had gone in a year and a half before me, um, and he went in and became a uh, nuclear we weapons maintenance tech. I followed him into the Air Force, and I was glad I did. Uh, and, and, you know, I, I've got a younger brother who served in the Marines, just got out recently. Um, so I'm, I'm happy that we have a bit of serving our uh, country, and now to come back to Malden and be able to serve the community in some sense is something that's very important to us, so. What, aside from the Rotary, what are some of the other organizations in Malden that you've joined? I've been working with the Malden YMCA for, for many years as a board member. I've been a past president of the board. Um, that is another thing that, that brought me to, uh, to follow in my father-in-law's footsteps. He had been a board member there. Um, my mother-in-law had been active um, working with Junior Aid and other, other um, organizations, the Malden Zonchins, uh, the Zonta Club. Um, and they all gave back in one way or the other to these organizations. So I always wanted to be a part of that and, and, and continue uh, helping out like that. So. What about the, I'll name some organizations and you let me know if you've joined uh, the Moose? No. The Elks? No. Elks are not in Malden anymore. You know, it, it, so, no, they're not. But, you know, for me it wasn't about being in one of the fraternal clubs. You know, I, I have been with the AMVETS. Um, my grandparents and, and my family has a legacy of being a members at the VFW, uh, the Harold O. Young Post in Melrose. Um, but it, joining those clubs wasn't something that was a priority to me. Um, it was more about working with nonprofits that, that gave back in a different way, that served kids. You know, one of the things that, that attracted me to the YMCA and to Rotary was their commitment to, to helping kids in need. Um, when I went to work with the YMCA on the board, it was because I, I, I love their program service. And I wondered where I would be had I had that in my younger days, how much more structure I would have had in my life. Um, I did not grow up in the greatest, uh, you know, of, of family backgrounds. It wasn't the strongest family backgrounds. I, I lived on the Cape with my mother when my parents divorced. Um, we bounced around quite a bit. So I never developed that structure. When I met my wife's family, it was the real first time I really saw what a, a family that spent time together uh, the way they did and, and had a home and, 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 and a footing, a solid footing to grow up on. I wondered, you know, I, I looked at what they did and, and what they did for their children and how they participated in the community. And I thought, well, that's, that's a recipe for success in, in, in happiness and, 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 and developing something for my kids to follow in and, and providing them sort of the, the, something they could emulate like I was emulating my in-laws. So that's what, what led me to, to go to work here in Malden in the communities and in the organizations I've worked with. Was, and was I did commitment. see you a couple of weeks ago at the San Rocco Society, and, I, and you, you were my sponsor for the Italian-American Oh, that's right. Club. Yes, yeah. That's another. Uh, yeah, I, 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 there's a club that's near, near and dear to my heart. A lot of the people down in Edgeworth, you know, uh, I've worked with over the years at the sheriff's office when I was with the Middlesex Sheriff's Office, um, and I've met some great, great people. And every club has great people. The the, the Malden Irish American, you know, the the the, the uh, every one of the service clubs uh, have a great reputation and great people involved. The Italian-American, just, you know, I took to that because of the personality of the people there and, and the, the fun, the bocce league, the, the, 
it's just a great neighborhood tradition down there, and I enjoy that. And that's, again, it's, it's part of something that I look at and I say, okay, I want my kids to enjoy this and, and grow up with these roots and with the attachment to that community. So, And after you left the sheriff's department, you started your own company. So I, I, yeah, I, when I left the sheriff's office, I went out on my own and I, I did some political consulting and I've, I've worked on a few campaigns. I worked on it, my blacksmith communication is basically a communication company. I like to work with small nonprofits and help them. Uh, I work with Tailored Success. I try and make sure that my fees and, and my work both is somewhat pro bono and very, very uh, affordable. I try to make sure I do not hurt anybody with whether I'm hosting a website or I'm working on a project, helping with an event, supporting the event with with fundraising goals or working on communication plans and helping them devise that and how they're going to navigate through crisis. So that's that's my passion. That's what I love to do. And that's what the business was about. I did that for a while. I found myself working on a campaign over in Somerville and and, and then one that went uh, countywide. I worked with Marianne Houston, who I was very happy to work with on her campaign running for Register of Deeds. We were unsuccessful in that bid. However, I met some great people. Um, it reestablished my roots of campaigning with the Middlesex Sheriff's Office, uh, as, as I did with uh, Sheriff DePala when we ran his campaigns and worked with him. Um, it was a lot of fun, and I met some great, great people on, along the road. One of those were uh, the mayor of uh, Somerville, Joe Curtitone. Uh, Joe brought me over to Somerville. I've been working in the water and sewer department as a uh, operations director over there for the last five years. Uh, he kind of brought me out of that retirement um, and got me back involved in municipal uh, work. So I'm enjoying that. It's a it's a lot of fun. And, and again, it's another piece of working in a community and, and uh, servicing them and, and, and servicing the people of that community in a different way. And I know when you mentioned politics, when I first ran for school committee back in 2013, you had a chance to get into politics yourself, running for councilor of Ward 3. I did. What made you get into that? And if you can talk about the experience. It was a great experience. Um, it, you know, one thing I learned, I like being on, on campaigns. I'd rather be in the background than be the candidate. Um, I was unsuccessful in, in, in winning that seat. John Matheson won, and he's, he, I think he's been serving there for three or four terms now. Um, tried to unseat him. I was unsuccessful. He ran a good campaign, strong campaign. He's a good campaigner, and a, he's been you know, representing the community uh, for quite some time. I got to give him his due. Um, it was hard. It wasn't always easy. You know, sometimes politics and, and campaigns get muddy. I, I wish all of us were able to keep ourselves from that. Not all of us are. And, and I can't say I did myself, you know, I mean, in the throes of a campaign, it gets heated and, and, you know, uh, you're out there on the road, you're running for something that you really believe in and, and it didn't work out, but I loved meeting everyone I did on the campaign. I loved having people work with me on the campaign. Uh, but it is, it's, it's, it's a process that when you're the candidate, it's entirely different than when you are working a campaign in the background. I'll stay in the background. I enjoy it there much more. So that that's officially then you've closed the book on politics of I would say you would probably never see me run in a campaign again uh, as a candidate again. You, you heard it first on my show. <laughs> you know, I, I, like the old city hall that you start your show with, are uh, a, a past gone uh, forth, uh, afterthought now. Uh, you'll never see me run for office you know well you've been you know a valuable asset to campaigns and you know a lot of a lot of the campaigns you worked on were and are successful well thank you you know um currently the state of malden how do you how do you see malden's direction you know in the next 10 years 
It's interesting. Uh, you know, it, one of the things I mentioned the other night or the other day at our meeting at Rotary is, you know, we, we were talking about how we're going to bring the club into the next hundred, uh, the next century and our next hundred years of service. As we look at that, I started looking at the club makeup, and, and I mentioned the fact that, you know, it, it had an image of, of what it was, a stuffy, you know, older crowd. And, and we still have some members that are part of that, and, and I don't put them down for that, but that's the image Rotary had uh, with a younger crowd. We're starting to attract newer members because I think they see where Malden's going, and we have a younger and much more diverse community uh, than we had before. And I looked around the club at the new members, and we've had some people coming from different countries uh, joining us. That you know, they're immigrants to this country that came to Malden, and now they they're in different sectors in either public service or in 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 their private lives or in their private business. And I looked and I said, wow, this is the way we're going to go into the next century is, is how we diversify along with the community. And it's a great thing. Um, I was excited when I, when I had that realization that, that we really are changing and, and uh, the makeup of this club is changing and, and the way they want to activate themselves and involve themselves is, is changing. So it's not just about your financial support and your financial strength in the community. Uh, for a long time, this was all business leaders. People own businesses. They could take an hour from lunch, go off to Anthony's and, and enjoy the meeting. Uh, none of us have that. I don't have that every every week. Um, so it, 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 as that gets hotter and, 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 and the makeup of the club changes to, a, not, I won't say more a blue collar, but to a degree that it is, we have a lot of young professionals. Um, we have a lot of uh, people that are, that are working on the staff rather than the owners of the club. And some some businesses still afford their, their membership time to come. East Boston Savings Bank is a great supporter of the road race and our and our club, and they have members come to every meeting and and they support us by sending a new member. Uh, most of the time, it's the same person because we want that affiliation. We want them to have a, an attraction or, or a, an affiliation with Malden. So it's a branch person coming from the the, the Malden branch or the Melrose branch, and we're happy to have that. And it's a different way of looking at membership rather than having, you know, the, the bank executives. Malden was a big banking capital for a long time. It's not the case that those executives are seated here in Malden anymore and go, go in and, and support in the community. So we have to look for new ways. And that next 100 years is going to mirror the next 100 years of Malden. And it's going to be a very diverse club and a very active club and a very youthful club. I mentioned how so many people get on that train and leave Malden. And they don't have an attachment here to the community. And we've interviewed people. We've done, you know, a, a couple of surveys. And we found that those people are longing for something to bring them back to the community. So when they get off that train at night, they go back to their, their, their takeout and they go up to their, their apartment or their condo. And they don't really know too many people out in the community. This is a way to get involved and, and get active. And then they get off. They might walk over to Pearl Street for the first Wednesday's meeting, join us at night there, and find that. This is something that they're going to want to be involved in and, and, and be active with. So, And what do you discuss? I know I had brought that up. Uh, well, first, you corrected me on a mistake I made earlier talking about the road race. I thought it, you guys are closer to St. Patrick's Day with that race. I was I thought you guys were involved in the one at the Irish American. No, on, so that's on, on still Day. run by the Irish American down there. Um, we, we did take over a race years ago that was more, more aligned with the St. Patrick's Day road race. We moved it because of weather conditions always seemed to hinder that, that race we've had to cancel or we've had poor conditions for the runners. We want to make it safe. We want to make sure that the DPW and the Malden police and the mayor have always supported this race, and they go out and make sure that the streets are clear, uh, the potholes are filled, things of that nature are covered. And in order to help them, 
they can't get out there and do their job to get it, the, the course ready unless we moved it a little bit further. So we did. We moved it to the third week. It's worked out. We've had be- much better weather. Um, we do have surprise snow every now and then or a rainy, colder day. The runners don't seem to mind. They come out and they've run every time. Um, so you look on our website on maldenrotary.org and you'll see some of our pitches from past years where the runners are out there. Snow has fallen and they're having a great time. And you can just see it on their face that they, it didn't bother them. So that's our number one biggest fundraiser. And we couldn't do it without the support of the city services and the community. Another issue that you know has everyone talking about in Malden, uh, it could be if you had to pick a top three hot button issue in Malden is right in your backyard, Ward 3 with this, this site with the hospital. And you have any opinion because you're from Ward 3 and you know a lot of people take not only you but the members in that ward's opinion greatly. You know, it, that's that's been a probably one of the more challenging locations in Malden. Um, we've we've been stuck with it. I don't want to say Hallmark Health is, you know, I'll leave that for the political forces to make that argument and the legal forces to go after them for that. What I'm looking for is not what, what's been happening with the past uh, relationship with Hallmark Health and how they've managed that. I want to see what we're going to go to in the future. And I, I, I think my big concern, and I think the big concern of many people, are one, moving forward, what is going to end up there? Is it going to be an apartment complex? Is it going to be more green space? Is it going to be a combination? But we really need to think about how we mitigate the traffic concerns coming out of there. When you look at the community right now, or if you're up in that neighborhood during rush hour, during the morning commute, anywhere from 645 till 830, I live on Highland Ave. It's hard to pull out of my driveway. The the traffic starts backing up towards Amherst Park on Highland Ave. Try and go out Maple Street and take a left onto the Fellsway to go back towards Somerville. It's nearly impossible. It's backed up to Amherst Park a lot of days. How are we going to have cars filtering out down the back road towards, you know, Hospital Road down towards the uh, Fellsway that side? Um, how are we going to have the cars filtering out coming down to Amherst Park by the cemetery? I don't know how that's feasible to introduce that many more cars coming out and then coming back in at the end of the day. That's something we really have to look at, and that's density up there. Uh, How do we control that? There's been many proposals, and everyone promises that these these developments are going to have an older crowd or or, a transitional living to a a senior type of environment where they're not going to be commuting to work so often. Well, that's a great promise. Well, they're not going to have kids, so there won't be that many cars or that much more impact on our schools. Eh, That's great in theory. I don't know that we've seen a development that actually lives up to that promise. Um, So we really have to be scrutinized the plans, and it has to have a lot of neighborhood and community input. That is going to be a tough burden, uh, how we get that balance to where the existing community is not so heavily impacted by traffic, and the schools aren't impacted by the number of kids that are going to inflow into those the neighborhood schools over there. I don't know what the perfect balance is. I know we have a group that, that the uh, Friends of Felsmere are lobbying for more green space and, and many more things. That's a, it's, it's an admirable, and, and I love the cause. How do we balance what they need and what we want from, from a community perspective with what's tenable and, and what's economically viable? A developer is not going to come in and give away land when it means rental units or, or more income, more revenue. Um, it, it's it's going to be a tough fight. And I think that's why we see ourselves still sitting here 15, 20 years after the closing of the hospital with still nothing happening there. And you've gone to many of the community meetings. What are the sense, like what are the people at the meeting saying? Is it 50-50 or do you see more on one side of the issue? 
I see more, the louder cause is those looking for green space, looking for more parks, more, more community space. Um, they are the, I, I can't even say whether it's a larger minority or a louder minority or a louder majority, um, because I think a lot of people are concerned about the economics of it, but they just don't voice that concern up there. There's a, they have, friends of Felsmere have, have put themselves in a great position to lobby for what they want. They've got the community backing. They've, they've assembled and organized in a great way. It's hard to argue with that, uh, and it's hard to beat that because they are going to put their forces on the ground and work towards fighting for what the community wants. There's also the quieter group that doesn't say much but are very concerned, and I think they show their support at the ballot box. Who's going to be the, the, the ward counselor or the at-large counselors or the mayor that brings forward something that's going to be viable and acceptable to the community? And I think how do, you, how do you say one's more powerful lobby than the other? I don't think you can. I think they're both looking for things that are going to benefit the community. And we just, ha- again, it's about the balance and the harmony of what we can get up there. Do you see, in your opinion, any other big topic issue in Malden aside from that? I don't that? think we'll, you know, I mean, if, if you're looking for what's out there on Facebook, if you're looking for what's out there when people write editorials, I think the blue bags will never go away. Yeah. I think we're... we're no matter how much any one of us as a constituent hates them and the size of the re- recycling bins and the program that we have, it's not the best. We need to do better for the community. Um, I know that the, the mayor and the councilors have all looked at different ways. They put a, a committee together to look at that and to try and bring something forward. This has turned out to be the best option that we have right now. I don't think it, it's the best option that we could end up with, but we gotta, we got to get that resolved at some point. It seems to me that's uh, the the. Blue bag is a very common sense issue, and it keeps, in my opinion, being ignored all the time. Agreed. People bring it up and ignore it. I mean, how do you feel about I know, I don't know too much about what Medford does, but I've heard that they have a barrel. They do. Barrel system. I don't know if it's a single source, single stream. You know, I, I'm not that involved in it. Um, how Medford does theirs, uh, I do see they have the bigger barrels with the covers on top. You don't have a lot of litter blown down the street on trash day. That's my big complaint about what we have here in Malden. Those little blue totes just don't hold enough for the families that we have here. And on a windy day, it's gusting and taking trash right out of it and blowing it right down the street. It's something we have to look at. Um, I know, you know, I'm, I'm not going to poke too, too, you know, uh, pointedly at the mayor, but he ran on ending the blue bag program. I think it's about time he finds a solution to this and move it forward. Um, Gary, I'm, I'm not trying to start a fight here but or bring up you know, open old wounds, but I do think it's something that we have to look at, and I think the mayor has to be the leader and follow through on his promise to get rid of the blue bag program. That's right. I mean, these, these are common sense issues. It seems like you know there's forces and people in the city that just want to keep talking about more apartments, and it's a congested city, and eventually more apartments is just going to choke the life out of the police force. Fire station. And P- I mean, my experience four years on the school committee, parents would come up to us and say, we need another school in a perfect world, of course. But in order to have another school, in order to get the money for that, in my opinion, you, we have to bring in commercial business. Got to have city. a much stronger commercial base in order to support that. You know, the apartments are paying taxes, but, you know, um, the burdens going on the schools, the fire and the police. There's no question about that. They're being, you know, uh, pushed to their limits. Um 
congratulations to the new police officers that were sworn in recently. There's, there's, we're fortunate to have a younger crowd coming in and, and taking over and, and, and carrying that mantle and, and willing to put their lives on the line and protect and serve our community. And um, kudos to them. And, and they're doing it in a very difficult time, and they're doing it in a very difficult, uh, difficult position. I'd love to see two people in every squad car again, you know. I, I think it's a dangerous world out there, and having one person in every car is—it is, gives you a, a better response time, and it gives you more people, you know, spread out across the, the community. And um, but you know, it's safer with two people in a car. Um, but I mean, that's we can't afford that. It's not economically viable. Maybe introducing more commercial bases and less apartments is is an opportunity for us if we use the land appropriately and smart, uh, wisely. Um, we'll see. But. Now, we have elections coming up, obviously not local, but state elections in this this November. Any any opinions? Are you, wor- are you currently working on any I company am not, with anybody? I am not. Thankfully, I'm just enjoying my time with my wife and kids and, and working and, and uh, being able to travel and go enjoy myself for a little while. You know, I've focused my efforts on helping the community by serving on the boards I do and, and, and doing the work there. Um, I'll leave the work to the the politicians and the campaign workers for a while, and and uh, I don't think you'll see me on a campaign too in the too near future. Well, if Patty's watching your wife, hello. <laughs> I don't know if she's watching. I don't know who watches the show. I, 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 I am I am fortunate. Well, they are fortunate. My wife and children are down the Cape right now, okay. and, and they've been spending a lot of time down at our house down there. Um, the kids are enjoying a lot of time at the beach, and and. I'm happy that they're down there being able to, uh, to have that opportunity. Now, you brought up vacations. What are some of the favorite spots you like to go? Oh, well, you know, Gary can tell you, Mayor Christensen can tell you that one of my favorite spots is the small island of Vieques, which is off the, the uh, east coast of Puerto Rico in the Caribbean. Um, it's a small little underdeveloped island that the, our country, the Navy, used to bomb uh, as a target range. Um, and that stopped early 1990, somewhere around that range when, when, uh, the bombing and the shelling killed a, a local down there. Uh, but it, the, the beauty of this is it has the nicest beaches in the Caribbean and it's a little underdeveloped on, un, uh, you know, uh, under, uh, developed, um, place that there's a W resort on it. It's a very small, self-contained little small community. Um, and it doesn't negatively impact the natural beauty of that island. Um, I, Gary and I went down there with some friends, uh, MATV's own Ron Cox. Uh, Gary and I ran into him on the Malacon, uh, while we were having breakfast, we watched him drive by and I said to Gary after the election, I said, why don't we go down here, get you out of here for a little while, take a, uh, a deep breath after being, uh, in the campaign when he was elected mayor. We did. We ran away, and we thought, I promised him you will not see anyone you know. And the first thing, the first breakfast we're having, we run into Ron Cox. Small world. Never expected that to happen. But Ron and I talk endlessly about that island and the beauty of it. And Ron goes there every few years. I I go there once or twice a year. Um, I know you like to travel to colder, colder weather environments. I like to get to the warmer environments and the beautiful beaches of the Caribbean. And we've talked about trading off. One day, we yeah. have. It's we're going to have a battle over this because getting me get me off of that trip schedule uh, when I can escape the winters up there and go somewhere warm is. It's hard to imagine going somewhere cold. When well, it's cold you can here. go to fall uh, Europe in the fall. You can go to the Mediterranean beaches still. You could. Yeah, it's, we'll see. It's, it's getting, getting you to go over there. <laughs> that it, yeah, it's and, and and I'm sort of a creature of of habit. That island I've been going to for 17, 18 years now. Um, 
once or twice a year, as I say. I've been there as many as three times a year. It, it's, uh, I, I just love it. It's the personality. It's the laid-back attitude, and it's the decompression point where you can just get on that island. And, you know, I talk about when I go to the Cape with my wife and kids, and we go over that bridge, and I just feel like that sense of relief. Everything, every worry leaves you. When I get on that plane going to Vieques, I have no concern in the world, and it's the most comfortable place to be. You also go, I've noticed, to Nashville. So oh, Nashville. Mean, yeah. Yeah. Another favorite location. Totally different environment, totally different personality. But Nashville is one of the greatest little cities in America. You know, I, I love country music, but even if I didn't, I would find that, that city to be a great place to go. It's got a lot of um, culture. It's got a lot of diverse. It's another growing and very diverse community. Um, I know a lot of people would not expect that from, from uh, Nashville. It's not just the honky-tonks. There's a lot more going on there. The, econ- the economy is booming. The food nightlife is incredible. The restaurant scene, it, it's, it's a foodie place to go. And I love visiting different restaurants down there. Obviously, I, I enjoy good food. Um, but Nashville is a fun community, and it's, and, and it's got a lot going for it. And what's another spot you like to go to? Uh, in Indianapolis? Indianapolis, yeah. Um, another place I've been going for about... 15, 16 years, 17 now, um, to the Indianapolis 500. I have a group of friends that, that started going there many, many years ago. They invited me one year, and I've made it a tradition. I've joined in that group, and uh, it, it continues to grow. We meet about 40 people out there every year uh, from all over the world, and it's it's a great group, and I'm happy to be a part of that too. It's an exciting place to, to for a guy from Malden to go out there to the middle of America and see that on Americana on display. You can people watch and laugh and, and enjoy some of the greatest scenes you'll ever see. But another place that has a great food um, and restaurant scene that has a great environment for just loving life and enjoying it, and it's a good time. Well, I think you go to Florida every now and then. Yeah, I, you know, if I get the chance and I can sneak off to Florida down to Fort Lauderdale or Miami or even on the West Coast, we like to go to Fort Myers and have some fun. That- I'm, I'm, I'm a lucky man, and I think a lot of people that know me know that my wife does not travel. She does not like to get on a plane. And when we got married, she said, I'll never hold you back from that. So, Patty, thank you. Um, she has never, ever once wavered when I said, yeah, I might go off and sneak away for the weekend. She has her three sisters that live here in Malden with her, and our cousins are always at the house with us. And they spend a lot of time together, and I'm happy that they have that. And I'm, I'm happy that it releases me, and Patty can say, say la vie, go do what you want to do. Well, Florida's a place I've never, I mean, I've been to 18 countries in Europe, and I've, I've never been to Florida. What and, are you doing next weekend? Yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'll be in Europe. I'm actually leaving in, That's a, right, in 11 leaving. days, yeah. So I have a group of friends, and, yeah. and you'll, you know every one of them. You've, you've been out either to dinner or for drinks or hanging out and, and, and socializing. Um, the same group of guys that I go away with, I've been going away for almost 15 years uh, to the Vieques trips and to, you know, Florida. It's the same group of guys. There's a group of friends from Malden and a group of friends from the sheriff's office that always seem to uh, find the time to to get back together and, and go enjoy some more time and enjoy life. And that's the best part of it is with family and friends. So. All right. We have a couple, three minutes, uh, three minutes left. Any last words you want to say? Anything you forgot to promote? Anything that... You know, uh, it, Couple of the other organizations. One of the, the 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 one of the organizations I'm most proud to work with is a new nonprofit that we formed called Hockey Cares for Kids, and you can find it at uh, hockeycaresforkids.org. Um, 
We, I work with some of the Bruins alumni in bringing uh, street clinic, street hockey clinic, and on-ice clinics. But the message around it is nutrition, anti-bullying, uh, health, um, good behavior, you know, f- just strong morals. And, and we bring a little bit of leadership to the, to the rink. And that's what we, we use it as a, a – we use the, the game of hockey as a vehicle for touching them on different things, getting, getting to them about the anti-bullying messages, getting to them about being kind, getting to them about being uh, – having you know, a strong family and what that takes to be good to your brother and sister and your family, um, and taking care of yourself, you know, how to build you know, strong um, moral compass, but take care of yourself physically – Take care of yourself from a, a nutrition standpoint. We come. We combine forces with the uh, New England Dairy Council, who help bring the nutritional component, snacks, and other things, and and, and a message to them. Um, that is something that we're, I'm very proud to work with. And I work with some of the, on on that board of some of the former Patriots, Steve Nelson, uh, Bruins, Dave Jensen, a former Olympian and, and a former Boston Bruin. Um, uh, Glenn Featherstone, another former Boston Bruin, and Rick Middleton on the board with us. Rick's about to be uh, accepted or, or uh, inducted into the uh, Hockey Hall of Fame, uh, the Bruins Hall of Fame. Um, they're going to retire his number, I mean, I'm sorry. And so that's a, a, a very important group that I work with, and, and the message that we're bringing, we're working with the North Fork County Sheriff, Mike Bellotti, and we've been bringing that message to, to different uh, areas where he sponsored us. Um, we have a fundraiser coming up in October uh, where we're going to do a comedy uh, night down at Patriot Place. And Joey Voices, Malden's own Joey Voices, Malden's own Dave Russo, um, uh, Lenny Clark, Steve Sweeney, uh, Paul D'Angelo, and a few of the comics that are going to put themselves out there for us and help us raise some money for the charity so that we can continue to give back and, and help children. All right. I'd like to thank Mark Lawhorn for spending time on the show. Uh, I'll be on vacation and everyone have a safe Labor Day and I'll see everybody back in September, late September. And I'd, I'd love to have you back on the show. Well, listen, I'm yours whenever you want me here. Uh, I, I'm glad that we got to have Dave Hart with us and talk about Malden Rotary and what we're doing in the community. But it's, it's great to get with you and, and thank you for having me on your show. I look forward to helping and seeing you go on to greater things here, um, both at MATV and in the community. And uh, thank you for your friendship. Thank you. And Malden, good night. Thanks, pal. Yeah.